All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another Brian Carter 99, a 49ers podcast. So I hope you're having an awesome day uh, just right off the bat. I don't know if you can hear it, but I want to give a shout out. My awesome girlfriend took me on a surprise visit to Best Buy yesterday, surprised me with an early birthday present. I now have sitting about eight inches in front of my face, a new Blue Yeti microphone. So hopefully the sound quality comes through. Uh, it's pretty awesome. She also updated my logo. So if you like the logo, thank her. She did it. She's amazing. I'm a pretty lucky guy. I'm also using Audacity. Um, and I have absolutely zero experience with audio editing. So hopefully I'll figure this out and the show will continue to improve. A little bit of kind of quick hot news on the Niners side. Uh, today is day three of rookie minicamp. So there are, um, you know, all the rookies that they drafted, the undrafted free agent rookies, a couple tryout guys, about 23 guys right now working out in uh, Santa Clara today, uh, getting in a few practice reps, trying out for the team. So I'm sure that we will be getting some updates on that later on this week. So uh, the subject today, uh, we're working on getting through all of our new draft picks and uh, doing my kind of like post-draft, post-film analysis uh, for all the guys that we picked up. And uh, I know I did uh, my last one. We did two-in-one. The one before that, I just focused on Trey Lance. Today, I'm just going to try and do all uh, – today, I'm going to do three of them. Uh, reason I decided to three is because they're all the defensive backs. Um, the Niners desperately needed depth in the secondary, and they invested three draft picks uh, to really work on that. This is probably the most that they've invested draft-wise in the secondary of any of their draft picks so far, at least in the uh, Shanahan-Lynch era. And it's a good thing because our defensive backfield right now, you know, we've got our starters set. You know, you've got strong safety, Jaquiski Tart. You've got our free safety, Jimmy Ward. Uh, outside corners, it's looking like it's going to be Verrett and Mosley. And then at the nickel, you got Kwan Williams. But most of those guys only have like one year left. And uh, under, behind them, we don't really have anything, and they all have an injury history. So we really can't count on those five starting guys to be healthy for a full 16 games, let alone 17 games, now that we have a full 17-game season uh, coming up starting this year, which uh, it's going to be kind of weird having an extra week. Like, I love football, so I love the extra week. I wish they would have added in another bye week. Uh, to keep guys healthy just because, you know, football takes its toll on a body. But extra football is always cool. And, uh, you know, it's one more game to watch, one more game to go to. So good stuff. Anyways, I'm going to try and dive in here. And I tried to summarize my notes and condense them a little quick so that I wouldn't be rambling and repeating myself <laughs> as much as I was on that last one because I realized listening to the last podcast – Especially Aaron Banks, I kept like repeating myself like, yeah, technically consistent. He's a big guy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, maybe I shouldn't repeat the same things over and over again. I'll probably save about five minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, the defensive backs. Interesting picks. I really like them. Uh, the first pick, pick number 102, he was our compensatory pick. Thank you, Robert Sala, for getting hired by the Jets. You brought us cornerback Ambry Thomas. I really like Ambry Thomas. He was a guy that I kind of had on my radar pre-draft. I wasn't sure who they were going to go in the defensive backfield, but I had a feeling they would go with somebody. 
And uh, I was hoping that they would go in the second or third round. They would pick up a quality guy, either somebody compete for the starting job or somebody that could legitimately develop and uh, potentially take over one of the starting corner jobs by next year. Ambry Thomas is a guy that I kind of had on my radar. I remember doing a little bit of early scouting, not a whole lot, just because it's hard to keep track of, you know, like 100 plus prospects. And even if you narrow it down to like, you know, like by position and uh, scheme fit, there's still, you know, I think there was like 10 different corners that I kind of had my eye on and did a little bit of scouting on. Uh, but Ambry Thomas, I really like him as a uh, as a developmental outside corner. So uh, Ambry's from Michigan. He is six foot tall, or I guess just under six foot tall, if you want to be nitpicky, like 5'11 and like 7 eighths or something. But anyway, six foot tall, 190 pounds. He is a long corner. He has basically all the physical tools that you would want on an outside corner. He has really long arms. They're over 32 inches, so he's got a huge wingspan. Obviously, as a corner, that's great for, you know, being able to break up passes, just, uh, you know, staying in press coverage, staying in contact. Uh, having that extra, you know, inch, two, three inches in arm length makes a big difference. I think that puts him like 80th percentile or so in terms of corners for his arm length. So great wingspan. That's super helpful. Also, 38 inch vertical. So again, explosive athlete. And he ran a sub four forward his pro day. He ran a, uh, I think it was a four, three, seven, obviously with pro days, you never know. You can kind of, you know, give him maybe like a, a 0.05 addition on there. Maybe he's like really like a four, four, two, but Hey, I mean, basically a four, four guy who is, uh, has all the physical tools that you would want speed, agility, the length he's got, a you know, that 38 inch vertical so he can jump up, you know, break up those contested passes. And he is a really fluid mover. Mostly what he did over at Michigan, they played him primarily a lot of press man. So in other words, you know, he was lining up one-on-one versus the guy across from him about 80% of the time, 80-90% of the time he started out in press man coverage. Like, you know, I'm at the line, I'm going to jam you. One of my favorite words and the word that just kept coming up over and over again, like watching film and all that kind of stuff, just sticky. He is sticky. He sticks to his guy. And uh, he's got, again, really fluid movement. And with that length, what he was able to do is jam guys at the line, you know, whatever way he was really patient in terms of waiting for them to like start their break. So really good read and react and man coverage. He was patient and he used his length to stay in contact and be physical during routes, but he was really smart with it. So obviously, you know, you're, you want to be able to, as a corner, If you're playing that physical, you know, type of press coverage where you are staying in contact, you want to be smart with it because you only have about like five yards or so where you can really be physical with a guy before it turns into a pass interference. What he did, though, was he was able to using his using his long arms, he was able to keep his hands on a guy throughout the route, but he was really smart in keeping his hands primarily on their hips not like their shoulders because whenever you start putting your hands on like shoulders or you start grabbing at like arms and elbows that's when you're going to get those pass interference 
And I don't think he had many pass interferences in his, you know, primary year. Uh, He didn't play a whole lot of football. Uh, He had one year as a starter in 2019, but he played really good football during that year. I think if he didn't opt out this past year, he probably would have been looked at as a second round prospect versus like a, you know, like a late day two, early day three kind of guy. And we picked him up at the end of day two, you know, basically pick 102, the end of uh, the third round. But in terms of using his length, using his uh, just physical abilities, he was pretty much always really, really tight coverage. He was able to stick with his guys, hands on the hips. Another great thing about hands on the hips is that, uh, as Shakira says, the hips don't lie. You know, you can do all the head fakes you want and do like your stutter steps and whatnot, but your hips are going to tell your body, you know, your hips are going to say where you're moving. You can't fake with your hips. So the fact that he kept his hands on his hips meant that when you guys were even like breaking on routes, uh, doing their cuts, he was able to stay like really like pretty much always in phase, you know, dick to hip, so they say. And just always in phase on his guy, sticking to him. And uh, he was able to, you know, contest passes. One of the complaints that I heard going into the draft was that, you know, he only had one year of experience and that they didn't throw to him very much. You know, they didn't test him very much. At least the quarterbacks didn't test the guys that he was covering. But like you watch its tape and it's like, why would you? He was right on the guy every time. He was... He was in phase. He had his hand on his hips. He was sticking right with him. He was in phase to break up a pass. And no matter what they did, he had the physical profile with the length, the agility, the closing speed to be able to break up any passes. And uh, he was pretty much always in phase. And whenever they did throw his way, like he, when it comes to coverage, when you're playing in coverage, ideally you want a corner that the only way that the receiver is going to catch the pass is by making a really good play. Meaning if it, if the receiver, if it's easy for him to catch a pass, you're not covering very well. But if you have to make like a miraculous, spectacular catch and the quarterback has to put like the perfect ball there in order for it to be a catch and he really has to work for it, that's what you want in a that's what you want in a corner. Somebody who makes it really difficult and it needs to be like the perfect play on offense. And that was what I saw. He had great closing burst, great speed, patience at the line. And another thing that I really liked was just uh, his mentality. One of the most impressive things was learning about what happened to him before his 2019 season, the year that he was the starter. He got hospitalized with colitis. And it was really bad. He was hospitalized for a while. I don't remember how long, a couple weeks or a month. He ended up losing 15 pounds while in the hospital. He ended up coming back to Michigan to start the season. And he mentioned in the pre-rookie minicamp interview how while he was in the hospital, he felt his body deteriorating. And he was, he was thinking about all the other guys out there practicing and it was just firing him up and getting him more and more and more just like mentally, like I got to get out there. I got to do this. So I just love that mental toughness. You know, you're hospitalized, you lose 15 pounds, you come back. And then his first week of practice 
was their first game of the season. And he ended up starting that whole season, and he played really well. Um, again, only the one year as a starter, but you just think about what he went through and what he has in terms of physical tools. And uh, he just seems like a very confident and uh, just like mentally tough kind of guy. And uh, I love that because you want to have confidence in a corner. You gotta, you want to have confidence that like the other guy, you're better than him. And you want to have a short memory like, hey, I just got beat. I don't care. Next play up. What are you going to do this time? And he has that. So I'm excited. Uh, also, he does have definitely some special special teams value. He did a lot of kick returns at Michigan, and his speed showed up there. I think he had two or three uh, return touchdowns, which were pretty cool. So who knows? Maybe he uh, maybe he ends up being a starting kick returner or punt returner. Yeah, maybe that's how he first sees the field. So as a general overview, uh, just kind of overview what he is. He is a sticky press man corner. He was consistently in phase and he has the confidence mindset and all the physical tools to be a quality outside cornerback. And uh, I think what we can project, or at least my guesstimate going into the season, I think he's going to be competing with Mosley for uh, the second corner job. I don't know if he beats out Mosley because Mosley just got a two-year extension and uh, he's played really well. And Mosley, he is—he's uh, a fighter. You know, he doesn't back down. So there's going to be a uh, a legit fight in camp for that role. And I'm excited to see it. And if he doesn't win the starting job, he's probably the first backup. And knowing you know Mosley and Verrett, I doubt both of them are able to complete a 17 game season. I hope they do. But I don't think either one of them have ever started 17 games in a season. So, you know, we will see. But I'm excited. He's, he's legit. Next up, they went back in the fifth round and they picked up another corner. This guy out of Oregon, Diamador Lenore. That's how you pronounce it. He goes by Demo. So Demo, he was the starting corner at Oregon for, I believe, three full years. He's 5'10", 200 pounds. There's some things that I really like about him, and then there are some like things that I'm a little bit cautious about. And mostly what it comes down to is just his physical profile. So at 5'10", 200 pounds, and he ran a mid 4'4", and a lot of his testing was a little below average. You know, shorter arms, doesn't quite have the length. Good athlete, but I think he's a below average athlete in terms of just his physical abilities as well as his physical profile in terms of like length, explosiveness, speed, uh, and size to play on the outside. So I think that he's going to kind of be, I think he could definitely be a nickel corner. I think he's probably going to be learning. I think he's probably going to be learning how to be the backup corner, the next corner next year for the nickel spot behind Kawan Williams. So he looked at times a little bit stiff. Uh, He has has good feet, but his change of direction and his start stop and acceleration were not all that great. When he was manned up on guys, he was very physical. The best thing about Demo is he is just so physical. He is physical. He is tough. He's scrappy. He's got that dog mentality. He calls himself a hyena. Like he wants to fight you and he will not go down easily at all. Like this guy has the perfect mentality of just like, 
I'm going to win. I'm going to win every rep and there's no way you're beating me. I don't care if you got six inches on me. I don't care if you got speed. I don't care if you're bigger, stronger, faster. I'm going to win this rep. And he was extremely physical. Whether he was playing press, he was just the mentality and the aggressiveness that he played with was awesome. Now, in terms of his coverage, it wasn't perfect. He was pretty good, but again, because he was a little bit tight in the hips sometimes, sometimes he would his hips would get caught on a cut. If he was uh, getting like a he got beat so bad by Brandon Ayuk on that double move. Brandon Ayuk, you know, our first round corner from last year, or wide receiver. Uh, they played against each other in 2019, and Ayuk beat him bad on a double move, and he ended up going for like a 60-yard touchdown on like a th- on a third and 16 too. Like third and 16, you got to make that stop, but he gave it up. So he's not perfect. He's a little inconsistent in his coverage, and I think that just comes down to his lack of physical traits. He runs a mid 4-4, but he's a little short. He doesn't have the greatest start-stop. He got beat on hitches. And, you know, the hitch, it's like, you know, you're starting to go. And so he would start his back pedal. He would turn and run. And then they would stop in the hitch. But he was, like, so far off. And his 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 start stopped to, like, stop, realize the hitch, the route that was going on, and then come down. It looked stiff. And he often, it felt like, it looked like his hips were kind of locking up for that split second. So I think it is change of direction and his, like, start stop uh, just kind of limits him a little bit as well as just, you know, his lack of length. I don't think that we're, I don't think that he would be good on the outside unless they uh, do something that makes sense scheme wise to where he has help over the top. In other words, if we're playing like a cover two or maybe like a, you know, like a cover two man, that might be good because he can play like, you know, that underneath route, knowing that he has help over the top, or if it's in man coverage, knowing that he has help over the top and he's so physical and aggressive, I think that would work perfect for him in terms of playing in the nickel. I don't really see that being as much of an issue in nickel and with how physical he is and being a good tackler, I think it'd be perfect to get him in the nickel. Also, he was he had he was more than willing to shed blocks. I just love his mentality. You watch it and just every play like he's pushing, he's shoving, you know, like he's messing with guys and like getting in their heads and they're trying to retaliate and uh, it's just awesome. Like uh yeah, that that's what you want to see. Also, I think that Oregon knew his limitations because they primarily played him on the boundary, so the short side of the field. So just kind of knowing that he wasn't quite able to cover as much space, I think that's why they put him on the short side of the field. So yeah, again, overview for Diamador Lenore. Below average athlete for the outside cornerback position, just, you know, lacking in like length, hips, speed to play outside. But I think he could be perfect as a developmental nickel, uh, maybe even safety. You know, if we kind of have like a hybrid safety type of role, but he was just so aggressive and physical. And also one really fun thing. I mentioned we had rookie minicamp. Today is uh, day three. And uh, on day one of rookie minicamp, the one day that the uh, media was allowed to watch, he had a awesome highlight rep. They were doing one-on-ones. And uh, Diamador Lenore was lined up across from uh, the undrafted wide receiver that we picked up, rookie Austin Watkins out of UAB. Big fan of him, just like physical possession receiver. And Demo just like, he was on him. 
He tried to like get his release. Dima pushes him, shoves him. Austin Watkins falls on the ground. Demo's all over him. Austin Watkins tries to like make his cut to do an inside to pull off a a slant route, uh, just like a quick slant. And uh, Demo sees it coming and jumps midair, adjusts, reaches out like 180 and picks off, uh, picks off uh, Trey Lance on the interception that was uh, trying to get thrown to uh, Austin Watkins. So it was just an awesome, like an awesome rep. It's been just blowing up all over Twitter. It was impressive. Deion Sanders gave him a shout out on Twitter, which is pretty legit. But yeah, so I just love the aggressiveness and the physicality. I think he's limited, you know, again, playing like either an underneath corner or a nickel or possibly a safety, but just like, that's the kind of mindset you want from a guy. You know, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't make it in the league long-term just because of his mindset and how, uh, how physical he is in playing the game. So my prediction backup nickel or a hybrid defensive back, but again, probably not playing outside unless it's in a scheme friendly, uh, you know, type of uh, coverage. And last up, last guy for the day uh, with pick number 180, the Niners picked up safety Talanoa Hafunga. So this is like the all name team here. These defensive backs <laughs> Talanoa Hafunga. He was a safety. I would say he's a strong safety and uh, he played at, uh, I want to say, uh, I want to say USC, the Trojans, because they called him the Trojan missile. He was fun to watch. He is, uh, he's a, he's on the bigger side for defensive back, which is why I think he's a, uh, like a box strong safety or like a sub linebacker kind of hybrid player. He was listed at six foot, 200 pounds, but he looked bigger. He looks like he's fairly well built. He looked a lot more like he was like six, one, two than six foot, 200. So you have kind of a, kind of a guy in like the Jaquiski Tart kind of size. What I would say is uh, overall, this is a guy who is going to be a box safety or like a sub linebacker uh, kind of hybrid player. He was hard hitting. He was well built. He was, like I said, the Trojan missile. And what he did really good was he was really good playing in underneath coverages. So again, he's not the kind of guy that you want as a single high safety or even as a two high safety. But if you want a box safety or, again, somebody who's kind of in that like hybrid linebacker safety role for the underneath coverages, he played that really well. I think that's where he fits. He had good ball skills. He had a, a lot of pass breakups, a bunch of interceptions. I think he had like four interceptions his last season. He was a really good blitzer. They blitzed him a lot. He won on a lot of his blocks. So those are all the kind of things you want in like a run support, strong safety, box safety, kind of hybrid role. Downhill player. So fun to watch guy. I like his mentality too. He came out in his uh, in his uh, introductory presser and said he was going to try and win a pro bowler for special teams. And that's an awesome mentality. Just say like, hey, I'm going to contribute. I'm going to be on special teams. And I'm going to be awesome there. And I think he would be. He was a little bit physically limited. He only ran like a 4-6, which isn't great for the position. But if you're talking about playing in the box, he's what you want. He hits hard. He's got good awareness on underneath coverage. If you need him to win some like special teams kind of stuff, you know, or as like a blitzer, I think he'd be great, you know. Special teams especially. That's what he's going to do well at. He's definitely a downhill player. 
There is the injury concern with him. He did break his collarbone. It was actually the same one. He broke it twice, just tackling guys. He does have a little bit of issues with tackling. Uh, I'm sure that's something that they'll work on with him, is just being a more consistent tackler because he had some missed tackles and he also broke the same collarbone twice just because he was like trying to shoulder hit some guys. He ended up getting a metal plate installed. (laughs) So hopefully that fixes that. But yeah, so projection for him, I think he's going to be a a special teams guy. I think he's probably going to be a fan favorite special teamer. Also like a developmental kind of safety linebacker. Uh, you know, maybe he'll uh, um, he'll probably be completing competing for like a like the safety five position. That's kind of my guess. So yeah, there we go. Niners pick Niners spent three draft picks on uh, some interesting depth in the development guys in the in the secondary. So again, just kind of recap the three: Ambry Thomas, sticky press man corner, confidence, mindset, and all the physical tools to be a quality outside corner. Demo Lenore, aggressive, physical, versatile defensive back, probably a nickel or a safety, lacking speed length and movement to play on the outside, but you love the mentality that he plays with. And Talanoa Funga, aggressive downhill box safety, hard hitting, good and underneath coverage, uh, likely a box safety or a sub linebacker. He's probably going to be a fan favorite special teamer. So coming up this week, uh, we've got one more film breakdown kind of analysis thing to do. I've got Jalen Moore, offensive lineman that we drafted also in the fifth round. And then running back Elijah Mitchell, who's a guy I really like as a late rounder who we ended up picking up. Also, I'm going to try and get in my Alex Smith tribute here within the next couple episodes. And there's going to be a bunch of other things coming up, but I also want to do a schedule overview since the schedule got released this last week. and probably talking about a few key games or maybe some key matchups. Uh, going forward, I'm going to try and do two uploads a week. So probably like a Sunday, Monday release, and then a Wednesday, Thursday release. This is Sunday morning. So I'm probably going to release it today. So hopefully you can listen, you know, either tonight or with your Monday morning commute to work. And uh, same thing Wednesday, I'll probably end up recording a Wednesday pod and uh, either releasing it Wednesday night or Thursday. So appreciate listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Any feedback, much appreciated. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, leave rating review if you want to help out. I'm also on Instagram, uh, Brian Carter 99 It's not really fo- football related at all. I just kind of post what I do in my, my actual life outside of this. So it's like me like camping and doing stuff like that. And uh, also I'm on Twitter. That's where I post uh, all my like kind of football takes and talk with people about like football stuff. Brian PNW 99. So have an awesome day. Thanks for checking in. I will catch you later.